Welcome into Diamond Talk. I am your replacement host. I'm hoping to not be as bad as like replacement umpires or replacement refs, but I am your host here, Vinny Milani, joined as always by the man, Mr. I'm I'm naming you, I'm dubbing you Mr. Deadline tonight because this show is all about the trade deadline. Dylan Kearns, what's up, buddy? Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to dive into the trade deadline. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Obviously, the NFL draft up there, uh, the start of the Major League Baseball season. But when the when the deadline rolls around, that's when I really get my attention going. I love this. And the thing that's going to make me a little bit upset about it is that I am going to be on an airplane when all the trades are happening. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be I'm going to come off the trade and see the 10 trades happen. So it's going to be tough. And you're on you're on the opposite, like you're on the the sellers end of this, because like the Cubs and we'll get into this in our main event, talking about buyers and sellers and and all that good stuff. But your Cubs are widely known as the biggest sellers of the deadline. Are you how are you feeling on that? I'm loving it. I actually I know it stinks. Like, obviously, you want to be buyers and you want to end up winning a championship. But I love when teams make up their mind. I love when teams are like, okay, if I'm not winning this year, sell the players you have. And I wish the Cubs would have sold them earlier as they would have gotten more trade value for a a productive offense that wasn't being productive at the time. But obviously here we are. And I actually like it being a seller. Yeah, it's I'm 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 interested to see where they go because I mean, uh, we we know that Chris Bryant's name has been floating out there and floating around my team and we're going to talk about his landing spot and a lot of others but dylan we got to start it off hot and there's only one way to do it it's time for bringing the heat got some cheese bud got some big stinky cheese all right, Dylan, you, you, you called this out the other day because I didn't post a graphic about the uh, the Jock Peterson trade. We had it live on the show Wednesday, but we wanted to dive into it. And there's only one place to dive into that trade. It's right here with you. Bring in the heat. Let's go. So uh, right here on this trade, obviously, Atlanta, they, they lose Ronald Acuna, a big outfielder, huge for them. And I like Alex Anthopoulos. He's an aggressive general manager. He likes to go out and push the throttle. And he wasted no time. He actually a day later reaching out and to the Cubs, uh, Jed Hoyer to their general manager. And they tried to replace the bat that is Ronald Acuna with someone in Jock Peterson that has great home run potential. They bring him over. But I, I don't necessarily like the move. I know it, it sounds bad to where I feel like they, they needed to address the need but I didn't think that they're going to be contenders right now. So obviously they bought when I don't think they should have bought. So it's, it's a tough, a tough spot for them because they're still way back in the NL East. And I mean, I I do like how they're being aggressive, but I don't like that they're doing it at this point in the season to where they're going all in. Like this is a move you make two weeks out to make sure that if, if they're end up going to ending up being contenders, you would know in about a week or so, if you can handle the loss of Ronald Acuna jr. Does that have anything to do with the fact that the NL East is just so wide open that the Braves are making these type of moves? It does, but I think you lose your superstar in Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, he's legit. He carries your offense night after night, and you lose him and you bring bring in Jock Peterson? 
Like, I don't, I don't understand that move at all. And one thing that I did dive into with the logistics of this trade, Jock Peterson was on a one-year contract, so this is it for him. But he, I found out he does have a mutual club option for $10 million next season. And uh, the GM, Alex Anthopoulos, spent some time with the Dodgers, worked with Jock Peterson when he was in L.A. So they have a great relationship there. And next, the, the, the cloud circling around Marcelo Zuna right now, the outfielder that's missed some time with the off-the-field issues and also some injuries, you don't know what's going to happen to him next year. And if you do pick up that $10 million option for Jock Peterson next year, it buys you some time while Ronald Acuna's knee gets a little bit more healthy. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. In my head, I'm feeling confident now that I don't have to may, might not have to worry about the Braves as a Mets fan, but <laughs> Dylan, I, 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 I was looking forward to this show for one reason and one reason only because of this specific segment that we have bringing the heat. I want to see Dylan heated. Is there anything else on your mind that gets you Dylan heated? Yes, it gets yes. me hot. It gets me hot, and I, I feel bad. My buddy's a Reds fan, and he texted me last night. Obviously, you know how that one ended. The Mets came back late in the game, ended up beating the Mets big, or, or beating the Reds big, I should say. Yep. And the Cincinnati Reds, it, it was weird because last season, they were a great ball club. They finally got back to the postseason for the first time in a long time, and they were playing some competitive baseball. So you're like, okay, maybe things are changing in Cincinnati. You have big years from Jesse Winker and Nicholas Castellanos this year. But in the offseason, they didn't sign a shortstop. Shortstop's been wide open. You trade your closer to the Los Angeles Angels and don't fill the need whatsoever. The player you got back from the Angels before the season even started. So there's negative one to you up in the front office there. Dick Williams, the general manager, resigned, I mentioned. And the ownership, the ownership of the Cincinnati Reds. They need to sell the freaking team because you're not, you're not ready to compete. You're not ready to compete. You don't fill the needs on your team if you're trying to win. You're in second place in the NL Central, and you're trying to make the postseason, and you're chasing the Brewers. We mentioned the Brewers can't hit. I still believe in the Brewers big time. I mentioned that multiple times. But the Reds are right there. They have two all-star outfielders that are hitting over 300, and they have Joey Votto, a heart and soul leader of that team. They make the playoffs year after year, or not year after year. They finally get back to the playoffs, and they're swinging wet pool noodles at all, all freaking <laughs> full time last, last year. They get to the playoffs, they get uh, knocked out by Atlanta. And it just makes me sick that they're this close to competing, and now there's rumors about them trading Nicholas Castellanos and blowing it up again. And that's all on ownership because you do not give a damn about having a successful baseball club where you are. And that 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 makes me sick. I'm not a Reds fan. It's, in fact, I despise the Reds. I don't care. It's a situation where if you're a fan of that ball club, you need to understand you want to win. And that's what everyone wants. You want the franchise to win baseball games. And when your owner doesn't give you the opportunity to go out there and win, it makes you sick to your stomach. Not good. Not good. It's, it sounds like Ohio to me, honestly. Yeah. That yeah. sounds I mean, like, I, I that sounds like a theme small. here. It is a small market. There's nothing really you could do about that, but you need to find a way. Like you lost Trevor Bauer and replaced him. Like it was, you replaced him with, I mean, you had Wade Miley there. You bring up some kids, like you're just replacing them in house. Now I do think their future's loaded to where they're going to end up being all right, but they're in a situation right now. Like that team's good, but their bullpen is just atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. They're, they got a bullpen ERA of 541. They've blown the most saves in the national league even more than Edwin Diaz on a Tuesday night. I mean, whoa, it, whoa, it's whoa, 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 whoa. Edwin Diaz has been 
has been terrible over the last five games. Has he? Okay, that's that's just not good. His ERA is up to 440. Uh, that's not good, Bob. Not good. Not good. But the Reds, I mean, there's there's six games back of that wild card spot. They're, I mean, it, to me, it's that wild card spot in the National League is going to be very, very tough. So I feel like I feel like if you're the Reds, you have to commit to one side or the other before this deadline and and go all in on this. At least show your fan base that you're like you're at least trying. Make that effort. Make that push. You know what else we need to push towards, Dylan? We need to push towards all of our fans going over to the rough cut social media and dylan where can they find us at loaded up aj you can find us on twitter at rough cut underscore sports you can find us on facebook at rough cut sports and on instagram at the rough cut sportscast and head on over to youtube where we are trying to grow the page rough cut sportscast type it in it'll pop up for you and you can click subscribe and you can tell everybody and you can click the bell to get the notifications <laughs> when we are live, which is right now, baby, which is right now. And we really have to stress this out, ladies and gentlemen, you too. We are on the push right now for 200 subscribers. Please help us get there by smashing that subscribe button. Head on over to YouTube. If you don't feel like typing in like rough cut sportscast, just type in. Well, that's what you're going to have to type into the search bar to find us and smash that subscribe button and support the show. 200 is not a lot, but it goes such a long way in helping out the show. And why, why would you not? Why would you not? Dylan, I got to do this because we've, we've never done this in Diamond Talk history. In the short history that we have, we have not done this game. But because I'm coming from the rough cut side of things, I want to put a little rough cut spin on Diamond Talk. So let's play some buy sell. Here comes the money. Hurry up and buy. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. The bacon never wants it. Sell, sell. That's right, folks. Buy sell is coming to Diamond Talk. And this is probably the most straightforward buy sell I've ever done in my entire life. We're buying and selling who's going to be buyers and sellers nice. during the trade deadline. Dylan, I got to start off with one of Aaron's favorite teams, the New York Yankees. <laughs> Are the Yankees going to be buyers or sellers during the trade deadline? So. I think the Yankees are going to be buyers. I do. I, I seriously do. That's how the Yankees are built. Like all, they go all in. And when they go all in, they go all in. They got money. They can, they can pay. They don't, it doesn't matter what they do. So they're going all in. That's my 100% thought. What they should do is sell. Yeah, their offense is broken. I mean, that team can, does not have sustained success in their future. Like they're not winning the World Series this year, but they're going to be buyers because the New York Yankees have money and they're going to bring in players that they think is going to help them win, but they're not. Will it will it hurt them in the long run if they Absolutely. end up going like if, if they end up going all in again on maybe what could be a false hope? Will that hurt? Is it going to hurt them in the long run? Absolutely. Every single thing that they have done the last three years under Brian Cashman has had to hurt them in the long run. And this is another one of them. If they become buyers and they go out and trade for a Joey Gallo. Now, I do know that there's a young kid named Jason Dominguez in their system. I would assume he's untouchable. If they trade Jason Dominguez. I'm telling you, this Yankees team is going to be a mess, and the fan base is going to be going AWOL. Let's stay. Let's stay in the American League, the Cleveland Indians. I, I, I might be showing my stupidity in baseball here, but I'm pretty sure. Does Josh Donaldson still play for the Indians? He does not. He plays I'm for the Minnesota Twins. 
Got it. Not the right maroon, burgundy, bluish team. My bad. Cleveland <laughs> Indians, buyers or sellers of the deadline? The Cleveland Indians are going to be sellers. And I believe that 100%. Uh, I, I, I guess, like, I don't think they're going to be, like, heavy sellers. I don't think Jose uh, Ramirez is on the table. But I do think that there's some players that they're going to end up flipping, whether that's uh, someone in their system, uh, just just added pieces that they have. Maybe you end up flipping, not necessarily a Fran Mill Reyes, but they have enough small pieces, maybe a Cesar Hernandez, he could potentially go back to a team like the – I don't think he goes to the Philadelphia Phillies. But he, he's a nice nice little second baseman that if the White Sox are interested, I know it's in division, but I know the White Sox have some second base troubles. Now we've talked – okay, so you, you, you've mentioned – throughout this show, we have now mentioned three of the four – how many teams are in the NL East? Oh, my God. Oof, this is a tough look. Mets, There's five. Five. Okay, so we've mentioned three of the five teams in the NL East. The Marlins don't matter – the Washington Nationals, though, Washington Nationals, are they buyers or sellers in a wide open NL East? Oh, this is so 50-50 for me because if they're sellers, they're selling. Like, I know that that sounds like cliche, but if they're selling, they're selling. Like, Max Scherzer's gone. Um, I, I seriously, oh, come on, come on. AJ, AJ cues <laughs> that, that one up in the no, back. But that was me. I had to do it. I had oh, to do on. it. <laughs> but, you, you know, like – I think they're a good enough team, and it relies on the health of Kyle Schwarber. I've mentioned that Victor Robles needs to show up to the ballpark and hit a baseball because right now he can't hit a beach ball if it's floating in front of his face at 20 miles an hour. But, I mean, it's insane that this ball club has actually shown some flashes. Uh, John Lester hit a home run the other night. Obviously, you're not getting that every night. But I I, I do think that they're good enough to where I I, I honestly think they're not going to be you have to go in. You have to go yes or no here because that's what they're going to yeah. have to do. And I, <laughs> I think, I think that they're going to be sellers. Ooh. See, I feel like everyone in the NL East is buyers at this point, just like everyone, but the Marlins should be buyers at this point because it is so wide open. No one is trusting the Mets to be able to stay at top at the top, especially with the injuries and the schedule that they have coming up. So it's like, everyone should be buyers. I feel like in the NL East, but all this trade talk is getting me so hyped, Dylan. Let's get into the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the main event. It gets me so hyped every time. And this main event is brought to you by Yeti, a proud sponsor of the Rough Cut Sportscast, a proud sponsor of Diamond Talk. You see it right here. The cup, it's now being able to be shown because normally Aaron does not have a cup and Dylan also does not have his cup. Please check out the link on our Facebook page to support the show by purchasing your Yeti gear today. Dylan Kearns, my best friend here. I This guy, this guy's this guy's reading my mind. This is AJ and I on the same page. This is AJ and I on the same page because I was literally about to pull this up. My dad is watching. Of course, he watches every baseball show we do. Let's... Let's put a bow on that buy sell. Will the White Sox be buyers or sellers at the deadline? Or will they stay pat being the best in the AL? They are the best of the AL. I agree on that statement. And I do think that they're going to buy. 
We'll get into the White Sox on who they're going to buy here shortly, but they do need some relief pitching. They need a backup catcher and they need a second baseman. I think they address all those needs. And I don't think it's necessarily a big splash, but Rick Hahn's also an aggressive GM. And I think he goes back to where he traded before to get some of his assets. I feel like the White Sox are your or your team or one of your teams, at least obviously not your favorite team, not your go-to team, but like you have been on the White Sox hype train since the beginning of the season. It's nice to see that they're in first place, not making you look stupid. Dylan, I've got some rapid fire questions for you. I've got four rapid fire questions that I want to hit you with. Right. You have no idea what they are. So I'm very yeah. excited to do this rapid fire time. You ready? Quick, quick it. and easy. No, no, no long explanations. No Dylan explanations here. Okay. What player are you avoiding in this deadline? What player am I avoiding? Joey Gallo. Ooh, Homer Derby guy. Homer Derby guy. What's the oh, lightest yeah. position you feel on the market? What like what position is like the lightest? Not the deep. Not the deep. Uh, well, that's obvious. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's starting pitching, and that could change if the Nationals make Max Scherzer available. Ooh, oh God, damn! I'm getting more and more excited for this deadline talk. Who is the grand prize of the deadline? Oh. All, all 100% unbiased is Craig Kimbrell. It's Ooh. Craig Kimbrell out of the back end, ERA 055. He's a game changer. Oh, not Chris Bryant. Not Chris Bryant. That's the route I thought you were going to go with. Who's the, this might be the Chris Bryant. Who's the consolation prize? Who's that prize that, oh, you didn't get the top guy, but you're doing well because you got the second best guy on the market? It's Nelson Cruz. Ooh. Nelson Cruz. I mean, that guy hits. He gets older and he keeps hitting. He's like Adrian Beltre, but present day. Ooh. Ooh. Well, you know what? Okay, that, that was perfect. I will segue into that and throw AJ completely off. I want to start with Nelson Cruz for this for this matchmaking game okay. that we're going to play here. For the fans watching at home, listening and tuning in, we're going to play Dylan's matchmaking game for the trade deadline. He's going to give me a player and a team and then go right into it because I am useless on this show and Dylan is Mr. Deadline. Let's start with Nelson Cruz. Where does he land? Nelson Cruz, 100%, 100%, ends up with the Oakland Athletics. He goes back to the AL West. He spent some time with the Seattle Mariners early in, or not early in his career, but he spent some time in his career in the uh, Northwest area. I think he goes back this time to uh, Northern California to the Oakland Athletics, and I think that he is going to be a game changer for their offense. They have the left-handed power with Matt Olson there, you put him in your lineup as a full-time designated hitter. That guy's just going to go in there and mash. And I think Oakland, you've seen them time after time, be aggressive at the deadline. I know Billy Bean isn't there anymore, but they still end up making big moves, whether it's Yoenis Cespedes uh, flipping him to get John Lester, uh, Johnny Gomes. Like, they, they make legit moves. And Nelson Cruz is just a big man, and he could come in there and just produce offensively. That's all you need him to do. He's not going to play defense but he's going to be that big stick in the lineup that they need because you're putting Matt Olson, Nelson Cruz back to back behind each other. That makes your lineup deep. It's a dangerous combination right there. That is a dangerous combination. I really don't appreciate you bringing up Joanna Cespedes because I still hurt and ache for the Mets for trading for Joanna Cespedes. I never liked in the first place. I like that destination though. I think that makes, Oh, oh I want to, I personally want to see Oakland succeed. I Me think too. they're one of those teams that just like, I don't, they're, 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 I feel like they're, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like they're always the underdog. No one expects the Oakland A's to do much. And then every year they keep coming out and coming out and coming out. Yeah, and every I would year love, they lose in the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I want to see them go far. 
the reason that I said 100% he goes to the athletics, I just don't think that there's a legit market for him anywhere else because he's got to be a designated hitter. The Yankees have five of those playing the field every night. The Red Sox have J.D. Martinez. Uh, the Astros have Jordan Alvarez. And that's, I mean, there's really no other team. The White Sox are going to have Eloy Jimenez come back. He's going to primarily DH. Nelson Cruz of the A's is the only one that makes sense, and they should get him for fairly cheap because he's old. He's on a one-year contract, and he's just going to come in there and hit because he's the only person on the market for them. I love that 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 key that key note for trade deadlines. It's always rentals, 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 rental, rentals. A player who I hope is not a rental though is Chris Bryant. Teams, I should say, are are hoping that either he's not a rental. I want to know from you, Mister Cubs guy, where. Does your boy Chris Bryant land? Please make me happy. Please. I'm begging. I'm hoping you, I just, I'm hoping. Chris Bryant is going to the big apple and he's going to play for the New York Mets. I think that it's, it's a match made in heaven right now for them. I mean, the Mets just, they they need that productive offensive bat. And that's what Chris Bryant's going to bring to them. He gives them versatility. I know they did lose uh, the shortstop. Francisco Lindor to an injury, but I, I I know that you can't put him at shortstop. You can put him at third. You can put him at left, center, right. It doesn't matter where you play him. Michael Conforto is starting to get his swing back a little bit. He's shown some flashes over the weekend, but if he does let up a little bit, you can stick Bryant in right field. He just he gives you that consistent right-handed bat in the lineup to go with Pete Alonso. You still have a lot of left-handed bats in the lineup with uh, Jeff McNeil. There's enough balance there to where this move makes a lot of sense. And on a one-year deal, they're not going to have to give up a lot. I think Cubs fans are going to be upset at the return the Cubs get for Chris Bryant, but it's real. Like, he's on the end of his deal. He's a Scott Boris client, meaning no matter what, all of his clients have to test free agency before they re-sign with anybody. So that's exactly why Bryant's being traded, and that's why the Mets are going to get him for fairly cheap. Is that a thing? Is that is that that's a Boris, thing that it's that he doesn't have to, but he basically forces them to test free agency every time. You have not seen one Scott Boris client, and he has over like fifty five, I want to say right now in Major League Baseball. All of them hit the market. All of them, I mean, they do end up coming back sometimes to the team they were with, but they all test the market. Hmm. Interesting. I did not know that. I did not know that. Uh, so, can you? This will be the only player that I want you to dive into, like the potential asking, like what actually is going to be returned for the Cubs. Can you just give me like a mock trade of what you think that we're going to see for for Chris Bryant from from the Mets? Yeah, the Mets. They, they were interested in uh, the Mets. They they were looking at two different players. One of them's JT Ginn, the, the center or the starting pitcher that they were looking at. He's right now in high A. They were also looking at a utility infielder. He's ranked 11th on their list. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. But they were 11th also 11th on the list. You said 11th Junior on the Santos. Best. Not Santos. I got I got the list pulled up right here. It was it was uh, Jalen Palmer. They were looking at Jalen Palmer, JT Ginn. But there were also rumors of Ronnie Marusio, the second top prospect of the Cubs being interested in him. So maybe they just get Marusio and don't mess with anybody else, or they go for a combination of Ginn and also that guy. So I, 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 per, I personally think that they do end up getting somewhere in the seven or any anywhere after five and someone above 20 to where you get two of those as opposed to getting one of the uh, top in their system because I don't think Bryant warrants that return. Okay. 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 We'll, we'll, we'll put a bow on that. And I do, I do have one last question, but I'll save that for the end here. That it, it involves trade deadline and positions and prospects and things like that. Uh, let's let, I want to, let's tie a bow with this. The Cubs are going to be big time sellers. 
real quick, who else is on the market for the Cubs? And if, if you can give me who where they land, just real quick. Um, Anthony Rizzo is also on the market. I give him, I, I actually went through it. I went through every single Cubs player and I gave him a percentage of being traded. Rizzo's about a 55% chance of being traded. I think that he just has that loyalty to the Cubs where I don't think they would part ways, but a great spot for him. Put him on the Boston Red Sox. That guy's going to play well for them. He was drafted by them, has familiarity with them. So I think Anthony Rizzo to the Red Sox makes sense. Craig Kimbrell to the Tampa Bay Rays. Kimbrell's going to get a haul. It doesn't matter where he's from. The Astros are going to be interested. The Athletics are going to be interested. A divisional battle there for who they're going to acquire. Then also the Tampa Bay Rays, if they really want to separate themselves, Craig Kimbrell's getting a haul of prospects. He could be getting someone like a Vidal Brujan or someone like an Xavier Edwards. So they're going to be getting top prospects for Craig Kimbrell, trading Zach Davies, they're trading Ryan Tapera, they're trading Andrew Chafin. So they're selling five players at the deadline. So wait, one person I didn't hear, Javier Baez. Wait, was he not on the market? What's what's the deal? Is he not? I wouldn't trade him. He's great. I I think he's fantastic. I wouldn't trade him, but like, that's a name I've been hearing. Why didn't I, why did you not mention them? I don't mention Javier Baez because when I look at Javi Baez, I don't think the Cubs will trade him specifically. Like it doesn't matter about his batting average. He plays defense. I know he made two errors in St. Louis. Go mock me in the chat right now. Javi Baez is a performer, right? He, he's someone that shows up to the ballpark and that's who you pay tickets to see. doesn't matter if he strikes out four times, he's going to go out there and he's going to perform. He's going to make top plays night after night. And he's just, he is what he is. He's Javi Baez. He's a spark plug and energy guy. And you can't trade energy away from your ball club because when you get in the dog days of August, late in the season, you need someone like that around. And I think that's going to be the number one player that they prioritize. And Javi Baez, he's about 28 years old. There is a lot of shortstops in their system, but I, I truly believe Javi Baez is a guy that isn't on the move. Does nobody want him? I think the Mets want him, especially after would, the injury to, uh, yeah. to Francisco yeah. Lindor. But I, I do think there's a market for him, but I, I don't know if it's going to be anywhere close to Bryant's return because, I mean, he's hit, like I said, two thirties is batting average. I mean, he's battled a thumb injury this year. He's on the last year of his contract. I don't think Javier Baez is going to get that much of return. So the Cubs will stand pat and try to sign him in the off season. Yeah. I thought Brian was the top guy and you, you ended up surprising me when you brought up Kimbrell, but we'll move on. And another guy who's been a, a big topic of discussion here. Is that, is that even a phrase? Is that a thing? Topic of discussion? Yeah, that's it. That works. Trevor story, Colorado Rockies. We just saw him in the home run derby as well. Where does Trevor story land? Everybody is rumoring the Chicago white Sox putting him at second base, Tim Anderson is short. I say, no, no, I say no. nobody is thinking about the Oakland athletics. And I, I truly believe that Trevor story goes to the Oakland A's. Now I already have them acquiring Nelson Cruz. I think the A's are going all in. I truly do. I know, th- I know the Houston Astros are ahead of them in the division, but that doesn't matter because they're still battling for a wild card spot. And Trevor story can come in and play shortstop. This move reminds me so much of when the Rockies traded uh, the, the, Troy Tulowitzki to the Toronto Blue Jays. This is this is the exact same move, but it's Trevor Story to a team similar to the Blue Jays where they were at and having a, an, an opportunity for a young player and going over to a team where they need help with the Oakland Athletics. In, in the trade with the Rockies the last time, Rockies Blue Jays, it was it was Jose Jose Reyes. He went back to the uh, 
Colorado Rockies, right? So Reyes went back. He didn't provide too much value, but that doesn't matter. So I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to send uh, the shortstop that they have right now, Elvis Andrews. He's probably going to go, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. I, I truly believe that uh, Trevor Story ends up in Oakland, and they finally get a shortstop. Finally, finally, Oakland all in, right division. Wrong team story is the Dodgers or the uh, or the I would assume the Dodgers. The Angels aren't a thing, right? Well, he said same division. That would be the Angels. Are the Angels? I, a I thing? don't think that story goes to the Angels. I can't re- recall the last time I've seen. And this is me, I guess. But I can't recall the last time I've ever really seen the Angels aggressive in a trade market. Right. I mean, they usually spend and they spend stupidly, whether it's CJ Wilson, Josh Hamilton or anybody else they try to sign. But I I mean, it's a it's a spot where I don't think he ends up. Honestly, they're getting Mike Trout back. That might give them some sort of a boost. But you can't you can't truly look yourself in the mirror and say, we're going to go compete. We're going to go win a division. We're going to go win a World Series with Andrew Heaney as our freaking starter. Like that's that's a number two starter. They have really nowhere else to go. Like it's Shohei Otani and it's no one else in that pitching rotation. So I think they need a starter. I don't think they need Trevor Story. Maybe they could get him and and Herman Marquez a starter, but they'd have to be giving up a lot. Okay, let's uh, let's one last one last go here, one last go at the 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 position players, the infielders and the outfielders, those type of guys, the hitters. Uh, let's go with Adam Frazier. Where does he go? And I saw earlier a report of the Mets being in on him. So if you say if you say the Mets, I'm not going to be upset. Okay, I, I I am not saying the Mets because they have enough second baseman on the roster. Well, now I'm I upset. am saying a team that I said needs a second baseman earlier in the show, and that's just the Chicago White Sox. I think he comes in there, gives them a left-handed bat in the order, helps them out a lot. They did lose Nick Madrigal early in the season to a hamstring tear, so they don't really have a second baseman outside of Danny Mendick and Larry Garcia in a platoon right now. So it, it's a tough spot for them. So bringing over a, a, a an on-base percentage guy like Adam Frazier that could really just put the ball in play, sprinkle it around, hit it to left center, right center, get on base. It doesn't really matter. Like, that's what he's going to bring to the table. He's sort of like a poor man's Jeff McNeil without the power, if you really want to look at it that way. <laughs> Finds a way to get on base, and that's what that lineup needs, especially when you're getting back a big power threat, Eloy Jimenez. You have enough power on that roster right now. If you can get someone that gets on base, like an Adam Frazier, he's a Tony Larusa kind of player, a left-handed hitting David Eckstein. That's a throwback name back there. Wow, not Al Kaline, by the way, but not, no, not, not Al Kaline. <laughs> Good lord. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm still upset that you did not see the Mets, but I move on and I digress. Uh, let's throw a pitcher in here. Let's throw a pitcher in here to round everything out. And uh, I've been trying to practice the name. Jose Barrios. Nice. The pitcher. Where does he land? Jose Barrios. And oh my gosh, I'm just getting fired up to think about this. Can you imagine Jose Barrios with the Boston Red Sox? Like, oh my gosh, put him in the AL East, put him on the Boston Red Sox, a wipeout slurve. He's got a great fastball. He he pitched well in his last outing, gave 100%. And this guy, you're not just getting him this year. He has another year of arbitration. He's making $6 million this year. So you're getting him a two years, two years of control. You're getting a healthy Chris sale back. Well, you don't know if he's healthy, but you're getting Chris sale back. No matter what percentage of him you're getting, you're getting Chris sale. You're getting Jose Barrios and you're putting them on top of the best team in the American league East right now in a very tough division. I think, I mean, they're going to have to pay a ton 
to get Jose Barrios because he's cost controllable. He has many years. Barrios to the Boston Red Sox, as Zach Smith is saying, would be money. That would be. That would be. Is it, and and you say you're talking about it would cost a lot. Is it worth? Would you you think it would be worth it? Uh, that may be an obvious question, but is it worth it? It is worth it because I truly believe in the Boston Red Sox. And I do have them acquiring some other pieces in, in the, in the, at the trade deadline. But I, I truly think that the Boston Red Sox are a legit baseball team. The, they bo- the up- Sox. Yeah, the Bo Sox. The Bo Sox. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, okay, now I want to ask you my question as we close things out. Talk about trades. Talk about it costing a lot. And you brought up Chris Bryant being traded to the Mets. One of the Mets' top prospects is Brett Batty. He's also a third baseman. And I know Chris Bryant can play everywhere and this and that. But do teams think about that? Like, what, like how close their prospects are to being ready when they're trading for these guys? Because if you bring in Chris Bryant and then you have to pay him, if you pay him, you're probably going to have to keep him for a very long time. Then Brett, Brett Batty gets kind of pushed back. And do teams think about this and educate the dumb mind that I have? They don't necessarily think like if you're in, if you're in contention, you don't think of it at all. Like if you're in an opportunity or a situation where you're like at 80 and 80, you're finishing every single wait, 81, 81. Sorry, <laughs> testing my math there. 162. Um, you end up like if you're in a situation like that where you're 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 battling like a middle of the pack team and you have a situation like that, that's where you tend to either buy or sell. That's where you're on the fence. Now, if you're Chris Bryant in the Mets, I think Brett Batty doesn't do anything. Like, you could always trade him later. Maybe you need a yeah. pitcher at the deadline or something next year. You will. That's what you need. So, Chris Bryant's going to come there. He could play a plethora of positions. Plus, Batty's still young. He can move around. You can move Bryant around. It's not necessarily locking them in place. But I do say this. I know they're looking at prospects, but I would be remiss if the Cubs do not get back J.D. JD Davis in that deal because they need someone that's going to fill – Maybe it's it's replacing Chris Bryant right away. I think J.D. Davis is still like he, uh, Chris Bryant is a massive upgrade over J.D. Davis. And Davis is still club controllable to where he heads over to the Cubs and gets some at bats. It broke my heart. They, the Mets released an interview or the SNY released an interview with him the other day. Talk about how he hopes he doesn't get traded and he's making he's loving it here in New York. It broke my heart. But Dylan, we started this main event with rapid fire and I want to end this main event with rapid fire. There's obviously a ton of players on the market. I want to hit you with some players names. We're going to rapid fire where they land so we can come back to this episode when you're right and we can pick them out and this and that. So are you ready? Let's do it fast hot and heavy. I'm ready. Zach Davies. Zach Davies goes to the Toronto Blue Jays. Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson to the San Diego Padres. Uh, Kurt Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki, that's the backup catcher, goes to the Chicago White Sox. Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison, utility guy, San Francisco Giants written all over him. Ooh, Michael Pineda. Michael Pineda, I think the Dodgers do end up adding a starter. They lost... Dustin May early in the year, lost Trevor Bauer. They need another starter. Just bring in Michael Pineda. He's got experience. Oh, wow. Look at you. Last but not least, Matthew Boyd. Matthew Boyd is on the injured list right now, so it's a tough spot. But I do think a team like the Atlanta Braves, if they're interested in adding their rotation, it would be them. I, I, I Like I said, I don't think the Braves are going to stick very long. And I truly do think, I mentioned the Yankees being buyers. I think Jock Peterson goes to the New York Yankees and the Braves end up flipping Jack Peterson here next week. Ooh, ooh, spicy, spicy. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Mr. Deadline at it again. This guy's great. And now he's getting the support. 
Now he's getting the support. Great minds think alike, Zach. There it is. is. Great minds think alike, Zach. We appreciate you tuning in. Everybody in the chat, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Don't forget, this is a huge week for the Rough Cut as a whole. Episode 100 is coming up on Thursday, live, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Facebook, YouTube, and the Twittersphere. It's going to be a huge episode. We're not going to just stop there. Friday's episode is Jeopardy, the long-awaited Jeopardy, hitting your Friday night. It's a big week. You're not going to want to miss a single moment of Rough Cut Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Dylan, do me a favor and tell them where they can follow us at. You can follow us at Rough Cut underscore sports on Twitter, on Facebook at Rough Cut Sports, and on Instagram at the Rough Cut Sportscast. Also, head over to YouTube, type in Rough Cut Sportscast. It'll pop up, and you can click subscribe. And as you click subscribe, click the bell that tells everybody that you are live, and you can check out our pretty faces as we go live. There you go. There you go. A minus. A minus, because your beautiful voice got you that high. Uh, Guys, again, subscribe. We're trying to get to 200 subscribers, so smash that subscribe button and share, share, share. Last but certainly not least, ladies and gentlemen, I want to do this because I've been behind the camera. I've been behind the camera and I want to give the credit and you're shaking your head. You might as well leave. Cause I'm going to say thank you to our wonderful producer. Yo boy. A J Johnson pulling the strings behind the scenes, making this show possible. Thank you buddy for doing what you do behind the scenes. Don't say a word or you're going to have to edit the audio. Goodbye. Okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Diamond Talk. Tomorrow again, Rough Cut Sportscast Live, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Facebook, YouTube, and the Twittersphere. Dylan, any last words? No. All my words have been spoken. All of them have been spoken. We're going to come back to this episode next week to see if you're right or wrong. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I am Vinny Milani. He is Dylan Kearns. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.